Today I have on Cooper from the YouTube channel Chill Fuel, and we're going to talk about some of the biggest mysteries on the internet, the dark side of YouTube, the dark web, and some other strange things. So please do not go on any of these websites. Do not go to the dark side of YouTube or explore the dark web at all. It is not a safe place to be, and terrible things can happen and things that cannot be unseen. You've been warned. Well, please welcome Cooper from Chill Fuel to the program. How you doing, Cooper? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Great. Yeah, I'm really excited. This is a. Uh, I found your channel. A friend sent it to me. He said you should have this guy on your show. This is some <laughs> fascinating stuff. And uh, I watched all your videos. And uh, it's Thank crazy because you. you only have like, uh, I think what ten videos or something. Eleven is is what I'm at right now. Yeah, just around there. Eleven. Eleven videos, but. 150,000 subscribers or how many was it's something crazy yeah, like yeah we just we just passed over 200 um about a week ago so um yeah that's and then you've been doing this what a year uh, a little bit over a year yeah i started up the channel in october like is when i created the channel of 2021 uh, and or of 2020 okay. and then um i posted the first video in december of 2021 so um yeah or december of yeah. 2020 my apologies <laughs> Okay, so that was like the first video um, uploaded. It has 735,000 views. So that was your first video. Like there wasn't other videos that you deleted because they no. weren't as good. No, so that, that was just, the first one that was uploaded to this specific channel. Did you have other channels or something? Or yeah, what is your, yeah. how did you, oh, okay. You did. So, yeah, no, I, I, um, I've been like doing some sort of online content creation for a little while. I, this was definitely the most successful sort of channel that I've had. Um, okay. But I did start off with um, doing different edits. And um, when I was really young, um, I was doing edits for other people in content creation and trying to learn more about the space and get into it. And uh, I had little pieces of successes in like small niches, but nothing quite like uh, the, this current channel. Okay. So how, how long has it been that you started doing editing and all that stuff? Um, well, I, I've been working with computers like basically my entire life. Um, but I, and in, in, when I got into the actual content creation side and editing, I was, it's probably been about seven years ish. Okay. So that's a, that's a good run then. Yeah. So how long does it take you to make, make each of these videos? Cause you don't put out a lot, but the ones yeah. you put out are really, I mean, they look like you put a lot of effort and work into it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, but, uh, they, they, they do take quite a bit um, of time. I've been trying to uh, get some help on them more recently to try to get the upload schedule to be something that is more normal so that I can actually make some sort of uh, brand out of out of it. Um, because uploading once every two months in my first couple of videos that I was making is not really a sustainable uh, model. But um, uh, it takes me about from start to finish uh, with the help I'm currently getting around three weeks um, from starting off like with the concept of here's an idea for a video let's go ahead and do some research on it build a script out of it and then get into the editing process and to upload um about three weeks at the moment yeah and like doing full-time or is like a, is this like a hobby kind of thing um it's it's at the moment it's fairly full-time but that's only been a change that's happened within the past couple months okay so how much research do you do on each? Because I, I love doing the research part. Yeah. That's the fun part. But mm -hmm. how much oh, research totally do you do for each video? 
Um, I, it kind of depends on the, the topic. Some of them can take you down extremely deep rabbit holes that end up just taking a huge amount of time to like look into and really figure out the true, um, the true piece behind it. Some of them can, can take a very, very short amount of time to actually get too into it. Uh, so some mysteries I like to really dive in and, and figure out like what's going on here. What have people not actually found out about this sort of thing? And some of them, there isn't much to find out. It's a pretty cut and dry um, piece where there's not any more information out about it. And that's what makes the mystery. So um, some of the research pieces can take like a majority of that three week period that I was referring to. Some of them can take just a couple days. It really depends. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause some of them, like I know there was one you did on a, like a missing ship and yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, there's probably not a lot of information on yeah, that yeah. story. And then there's people's theories and things. I guess you could go down that rabbit hole, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's, there it is. And that's what we got. And that's what we know. Yeah, no, exactly. That is a great way of putting it. Yeah. So w- what got you interested? Cause most of the videos are more um, like web-based and like mm-hmm. puzzles and mysteries that are on the internet and stuff like that. Was there something that we first got in- interested in that stuff? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. There was a uh, video that was, that I saw, um, that was called us uh, Cicada three three zero one. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, it was made by a channel called Let Me Know. It probably has like close to thirty million views now. Um, but it was a large web mystery that was um, essentially this this game that that the creators of it were playing, where there was a, it was a it came out to be a, a recruiting scheme where they were making these extremely complex puzzles and putting them out there for people to solve that would lead them down this this weird solving and the people at the end of it would then be contacted by this group to um join them for some reason and it, it's a, it's a, I'm, I, this is a very surface level of it the video is 30 minutes long or so but um i watched it and i was so interested in like the concept of of this thing that somebody just created and the way that the creator let me know uh was storytelling behind it that I just really, really got interested in it. And I, I um, studied cybersecurity in school. And so I was really interested in a lot of that sort of stuff already. And um, thought, what, what was there a mystery that has not been looked into enough yet? And can I cover it? So those people were trying to recruit people for something, but nobody knows what that is? Um, yeah, I, I haven't watched the video in probably a little bit over a year now. But um, nobody really knows exactly what they were recruiting for. But um, it was very complex cryptography and different pieces of like web hunting that you had to go down to try and solve the, these series of riddles. And um, it, it was just a it was a really weird, strange story that um, was created by these people. Yeah. So and there's and you do a couple of videos about that kind of stuff on your mm-hmm. channel about these puzzles. One of them, it looked like it was more like an, like an art piece or an art project. Yeah. 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 One of them was more like an outright. I mean, they basically said this is a game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a video game. And um, yeah, it's interesting when people start that kind of stuff. So yeah. you, you actually try to get into that and try to figure them out though. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that is a lot of the, the fun parts about it. When I was first researching for the first video that I made on this channel, I was just doing my own independent research, not planning on making a video about it at all. And uh, it was about unfavorable semicircle. Um, this YouTube channel that had just posted a, a huge and huge amount, like um, eighty four thousand a year videos that were ranging from anywhere from six seconds to ten minutes of just weird imagery with distorted text, and all of them were different. And I was like, "What could this possibly be? There has to be some reasoning behind yeah. this thing's existence." 
And um, so I just researched a huge amount about it myself. And then I was like, hey, I start writing up a script on this and see if I can make something out of it. And that's where I went. Yeah, that thing blew up. And that was a cool <laughs> video because, yeah, what, I didn't know about this kind of stuff. But you thought there's like all these theories like it could be the recruitment tool, like in that uh, cicada video, or it could be just a mentally disturbed person. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, the weird thing was you said, I think they were uploading videos like every two minutes or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, how could they even it had yeah, to have been more than one person, right? Th that's that is the assumption. It has to be more than, more than one person or it has to be some sort of like artificial intelligence that has kind of run amok and is just getting yeah. this data and then just converting it straight into YouTube videos. Because like, yeah, uploading every two minutes is absolutely absurd. There's no way that that it doesn't have to do at least with some computer program in some way. So nobody maybe programmed the AI to do this. It maybe did it on its own thinking it was trying to be part of something that was programmed to do, but it went screwed up. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. And then another theory on that one was aliens. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you laughed. You said that in your video, right? I, I did. Yeah. Um, I, I did preface it in the video though. Um, that, that like it, it, it is, it is a more, it is a more fringe theory, but, um, but it is one of the ones that people propose. Cause it's like, uh, could this be potentially some way that an alien or some alternate life form is trying to communicate with us? They figured out some way to like upload content and they're trying to communicate with us. Um, that was a proposed theory. Uh, I didn't go down that rabbit hole too much specifically because there's not really too much information about it like out there. But um, mm -hmm. it, it was one that a lot of people who were involved in the community did propose as a potential. Yeah, well, that kind of reminds me of the the email video that you did about the mm -hmm. is it Jack Frozy Frosty Froze yeah Jack Froze Froze yeah so this guy dies and then his friends get emails from his e his email account yeah. months after yeah. he dies that one's really weird like I feel like that's got to be some sort of prank right yeah no I, I think that that one is is definitely more of like the the you have two ways of looking at it depending on how you just kind of believe in stuff as a person you have to think like is that this is obviously either somebody who's connected to him gaining access and pulling a pretty cruel prank on the people that are close to him or it's it's some it's something else and you kind of have to look at those two things and think what do you personally believe in and that's kind of how i present a lot of my videos i say here's the information about about this sort of stuff um here's what i've been able to gather about it you can go ahead and make your own conclusions based off of what i present and mm -hmm. yeah and how do you find a lot of this information? Is it just from everything like YouTube and, and just Google searches and things, or uh, are you going to the library and looking up microfiche and things like that? Like how deep do <laughs> you go down the rabbit holes? Um, some of them are as simple as just looking at a lot of articles that have written, been written about the pieces and looking into different press releases going on web archive. If you've ever been to archive.org, it's just a ginormous web archive of like old, um, web pages that are now defunct and don't exist anymore. Um, people upload them themselves. And uh, you probably even have screenshots of your own channel that are up there from um, going back because people just it's it's an, a lot of it is automatic at this point. Um, and going so it's like places those things like where that. people say whatever you put, if you put something on the Internet, it's there forever, because even yeah. if you delete it, there's this archive thing that's that's taking all the archives from years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of scary in a way. It is, it is scary. Yeah. And, and there's always the thought that like there might not be enough um, data in the world to store everything. But I mean, we're, we're getting more and more 
um, server sizes and 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 terabytes and terabytes and petabytes of, of data that is on the internet every day. And so while we might be running out of it in a sense, it's also becoming easier to create. So everything that you put out on the internet has potential to be there forever. It just does. That's scary to think of. It is. So, it is. so you, the YouTube video, that's the first thing that uh, I came across on your channel and uh, the dark side, the dark web. I want to talk all about the dark web and mm-hmm. you don't really talk about the dark web. It's more the dark side of YouTube, which is kind of mm-hmm. just scratching the surface of the whole oh, dark yeah. web but it's weird i this is a true thing and i know you say don't do it but i did it and you <laughs> type like a period on youtube and then all these like weird emoticons and, and characters come up and you type and you click on that and then all these weird videos mm-hmm. show up how did you find out about that um yeah so uh i have a discord server where i just have some people that um are interested in the community to join around, uh, talk, talk with myself and other people who are also interested in mysteries and that sort of thing. Um, and somebody had just like said, Hey, we should try typing this in on YouTube. They direct messaged me it, and we're like, Hey, try typing this in. And, um, I'm just seeing some really strange results. Like, do you have any idea what this could be? And so I tried it myself and I was like, Whoa, this is weird. I gotta, I gotta dig deeper. And so I just went down, I went down the rabbit hole myself and just, just was digging through pages and pages of like, what was coming up? Why was it coming up? And, um, trying to figure out more about it because it it was a very weird thing. I mean, like you, you have all these people that are clearly making this content themselves, but it's targeted towards so many different pieces. You have the horror aspect, you have this, this strange, just like, weird part of youtube aspect where it's like targeted towards kids um with like weird graphic content and then you have this you you have like the ones that are just memes like that people were uploading with the same title and i was like what could this possibly be where did this come from um and and there's a lot of different there's a lot of different pieces you can go down with it and it was just something that um somebody sent to me and i was like okay i gotta cover this it's it's interesting so you 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 spent hours going through this algorithm or search And so yeah. what, what was some of the weirdest stuff that, that you saw? I know you mentioned some of it in the video. Was there other stuff that you saw that you didn't want to mention? Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely some stuff that was more on the graphic side that you'd find on a like uh, Reddit page. That's like a, that's just, just gore. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the gauntlet, but there's um, it's, it's, it's this, it's this series of videos that are apparently like so disturbing that it's very hard to make it to the end of it um and it's called the gauntlet because of of how gory it is it's um like how hard it is to make it to the end of it and so there was a lot of um videos that were kind of from that sort of gauntlet that were hidden in the deeper parts of the search results and um like far in because a lot of these videos do get removed the ones that straight up contain just like very gory content are removed a lot quicker um, most of the time. Of course, a lot of them still do get through, and there's the ones that go on the edge of is this allowed on YouTube are going to remain up for longer. But um, if you type in that 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 string of and you just scroll down to like the fiftieth page, you're gonna get some stuff that you probably did not want to see. That right. Was- yeah, I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, they had these. Uh, back in the video store days, they had these videos of. Faces of Death, I think it was called, and they were oh. real life deaths that you could really? rent. I don't know how it was legal, but that was one thing that you could rent. And I, for some reason, I decided, oh yeah, I want to check this out. Oh, that was <laughs> that was a bad idea. Yeah. That was 
scary stuff. And then there was another series, I think it was called Traces of Death, that was even more gory and yeah. horrific. And so, and now they have this kind of stuff on the dark web, but mm-hmm. it's crazy. So this, some of this stuff, that's like what you're seeing on YouTube in the dark side of YouTube. Somehow it gets yeah. through the filters or whatever. Mm-hmm. So th- I think something that, um, like I, I kind of touched on in the beginning of the video, I didn't get too deep about, but um, the deep web, um, different than the dark web first of all but the deep web is essentially just a a series of of website links and stuff that do not appear anywhere on search results that that is essentially what the deep web just is at a general level um and so i found it interesting how uh pieces of content from like this supposed the deep slash dark web um can make its way onto the search results through these weird strings that you wouldn't typically think would ever be searched for. Um, Cause obviously there's billions and billions of search results, depending on whatever you put in. Um, but these pieces have been converted from the deep web to mainstream and, and hidden in this strange search result that YouTube didn't think they'd ever really have to look out for. Um, which I just, it was really fascinating to me that these pieces had, had come out from, from the deep web. And a lot of the same content that you can find on there is, is on YouTube in a place there where you think it's really just hiding in plain sight. You don't even, don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to, it seems like a lot of the people are uploading stuff with a scary picture under this uh, uh, string of characters to try to get cheap uh, views. For sure. Yeah, it's definitely a part of it. But some of it is like legit. I didn't see too many things that I thought were legit. I don't know. I mean, I yeah. clicked on stuff and I was like, I think this is just fake or mm-hmm. it would be a scary picture. Then you click on it was something. Just it was something completely different. Yeah. So the like reasoning just- behind that um, is that originally, um, well, at least this is my thought about it. Um, I, I believe that originally a lot more of the content that was showed up was the more gory content. And over time, this is this is a phenomenon. Um, the string has been around for years. Um, it's, I'm not exactly sure when it started, but I know that it was at least around in 2019 it existed. Um, and so the kind of thought behind that is that if you were to search up, say, something on the string on YouTube, and at the beginning, when you searched it up, a lot of the content was gore, say 100 videos of gore and one video that was more along the sides of joking and that sort of thing. The 100 videos that were all gore most likely were removed and then the one video regardless of where it originally showed up in that search result is now at the top and that cycle kind of repeats itself all the way through the years and so you end up with hundreds of videos that um have the string in it and are still allowed on youtube and due to that reason they have the most views they have the highest click-through rate because they're at the top of that um search result now so to get to the been around a long time mm-hmm, and, and they actually have those views and they haven't been removed where the gore content lasts maybe a couple weeks or a month and then it gets removed and then it's re-uploaded and YouTube is going to feed you the videos that have hundreds of thousands of views rather than the ones that have hundreds. And so you end up right. with the gore content being much, much, much like further down in the search results as a result of that when the string has been around for a while. So did you see some shit that like really like shook you? I saw I saw one video um that was that was pretty pretty shocking that was uh it depicted um God I clicked away I clicked away pretty quick um but I was looking at the string with uh with a buddy of mine and we came across a video that was uh somebody's head being crushed uh and and their body twitching afterwards um 
and I was like, okay, there's there's definitely some of this gore out there. It it is definitely like it, it comes up with the search results, and like that kind of confirmed it for me. And I didn't want to get too much deeper into like a lot of other videos um that were further down in the search results after that. But um, that was one that I was like, okay, uh, I don't want to be too graphic with it. But I, I saw it, and I was like, yeah, that is. That and is you think it's real? Absurd. It it. It was actually a video that I had seen previously in what um, in the gauntlet uh, thing, like with a buddy of mine just showed it to me without telling me what I was even watching. Um, he was just like, go check this out and showed me it. And so I had actually seen that specific one before and um, I believe it to be real. Yeah, that's scary. And then do you worry, though, that like, can you get in trouble for watching that video? Because it's or I mean, would it be more? I mean, obviously, the poster is going to get in more trouble, but can you mm -hmm. get in trouble for even watching it? I, I don't think it's um I mean maybe in a sense like it, it is not allowed to like watch something that is that gore um like on just in general but the the reality of the situation is that the these videos exist online and a lot of them have hundreds of thousands of views if that was something that was going to be actually um enforced it would be very very difficult uh I don't know the actual legality of it but I, I doubt that there is anybody who is really trying to um, enforce it. Right. Yeah. So YouTube, what they try to do is remove the stuff. So explain the Elsa gate thing. So this was like yeah. where they yeah. would have these kid friendly like thumbnails mm -hmm. and then the kids would click on it and it was not kid friendly stuff. But YouTube, did they fix this problem or they removed a lot of videos? They removed a lot of videos and they tried to and, and they, they doubled down on um, YouTube kids. They doubled down on uh whenever you upload a video now and you have monetization enabled, they're going to ask you a slew of questions um, regarding advertising. And if the video is meant for kids, it's one of the biggest ones you have to market. Um, is this video meant for kids? You have to click on one of the options. And if you don't, you can't even upload the video. It's, it's become um, a very serious thing because obviously there are a huge amount of rules and restrictions regarding media and advertising targeting kids in in traditional tv and movies and, and there's, there's a very long string of rules that are attached to it and as this content moved online and every kid is running around with a phone and ipad now the regulations for it didn't come immediately and and that kind of left it up to people like youtube and um these other these other groups to to enforce it themselves and they were not paying a good enough job of um of keeping out for that sort of stuff. And so originally how it started was there was these big phenomenons in children's targeting media like Frozen um, that had these characters in it. And uh, people figured out that when there were not as many new restrictions around monetizing a channel, that they could upload videos um, that would become very easily monetized, have a great um, CPM because it's targeted towards kids and kids targeted CPM was very, very high at the time. You could, you could make way more money off of a thousand kids viewing a piece of your content on YouTube versus a thousand adults, just because it's a market that people are willing to put more money into as advertisers. And so you would have these people that would um, have a picture uh, of a character like Spider-Man, like Elsa from, from these popular franchises um, in the thumbnail and, and, you click on the video and there was there was a very large string of them that revolved around something weird with um 
the way that these characters who were cosplaying um, them were acting. And there was a bunch of different channels that had millions of subscribers uh, that have now been like deleted that, that made this content. Um, some of them being more PG and some of them being completely okay. Um, but then you had the people that were taking that same sort of content and making it very non-suitable for kids which is a huge issue um, in general, but very much so for YouTube, because as soon as they realize that these companies like um, that are creating these large media like Elsa, uh, like uh, Frozen and Spider-Man, that those advertisers are putting their money into videos that are showing this sort of stuff and depicting this sort of stuff, you have these ginormous advertisers pulling out. And so YouTube's going, we have to fix this weird issue that's happening. And um, people figured out through... Um, as animating like characters got easier that they could make this very gory content um targeted towards kids that's um that has the same sort of stuff in it that is even more absurd and um i i could get into a, a bunch of different rabbit holes and and the different the sort of stuff that was with it but it was a huge issue um and it, it's kind of what started the whole adpocalypse on youtube itself hmm. So do they, so you think they fix it? Cause I know every time I upload a video, it says, is this suitable for kids? And I pretty mm -hmm. much always click no, yeah. but like yeah. somebody, if you say yes, then does somebody watch it and make sure it's okay? Or do they just assume that take your word for it? So I, I don't know the exact, um, the exact process itself. YouTube kind of keeps that stuff under wraps what it means. But, um, if it is something that is going to be placed on YouTube kids itself, which is which has become the place where um, uh, a parent or guardian can give their child a YouTube account, an app with YouTube Kids enabled on it, where they can't get out of YouTube Kids. And if content is going to end up on there, the idea is that it will be manually review, reviewed first and to make sure that it's okay. And um, then if it passes all those checks, then it can be um, shown to people and kids on YouTube Kids, and um, they can make advertising dollars from that. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So hopefully they've, they've fixed that problem. But yeah, again, if you do the special characters, you find all sorts of weird yeah. crap. It, it obviously is an issue um, that is, is not completely fixed. And a lot of parents um, don't have the time or resources to be able to sit down with their kids and make sure that they're only going on YouTube kids, that they're not opening up the, the Chrome tab or the, the Safari and web browser on their, on that same device and going to these, going to YouTube, not filtered by kids. And it's something that uh, is very hard for the parent to actually control and be aware of. Um, if your kid basically has any sort of technological device, they can they can find the content that, that they're not supposed to see on YouTube um, pretty easily. So, mm -hmm. it, it's well, yeah, just, the kids are usually smarter than the parents. <laughs> yeah, for sure, definitely. Right. Well, so that's like the so you say that's kind of more like because there's the surface web, which is the regular internet that everyone uses, and then there's the deep web that's like not index but it's anybody mm -hmm. can get to it and then there's the dark web which yeah. i don't think that's on youtube but that's like a se separate internet where apparently i'm just learning about this you need special software to use it uh so i think it's called an onion router and then uh, <laughs> yeah. makes the computer un unidentifiable uh, but it looks like google chrome and i didn't realize that uh, it was actually developed by the u.s government so that spies could exchange information. Yeah, um, there is there is a lot to the the deep and dark web in and of itself. Uh, the, the dark web is is like one part of the deep web. Is kind of how it works. Is like the deep web is this ginormous um, 
amount of non-indexed information. And then the dark web is the part of that that is kind of where the illegal activities occur. And um, if you're going to be partaking in that sort of stuff, you do need like the um, the Onion router and that sort of stuff. But you can get to it if you are not going on any illegal sites and that sort of thing um, just by using the Onion browser. Um, but you do obviously open yourself up to a lot of uh, potential harm when you do something like that and you don't have the proper protection behind it. Um, what could happen? Like you could get hacked or something? Yeah. Um, there's obviously it's a completely unregulated space. Um, and so you're kind of leaving yourself up to, first of all, um, your ISP. If they're taking a look at your uh, web history, which the, every ISP um, can do, they, they can see obviously what you're accessing, um, first of all. And uh, when it comes to, it could get you into some trouble with, with law, depending on where you go, and it can get you in trouble with the people that you come across on the dark web because it's very easy to completely destroy your computer with 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 um different different software that if you don't know what you're doing and um it's very easy for if you're using a non-protected browser you can also just have downloads immediately go onto your computer by accessing a website um where like most modern browsers um where you're on the regular web protect you from that sort of thing. If you're using an unprotected browser, you can easily get your entire computer destroyed and all your information hacked into just by accessing a website and not clicking download or anything. It can download, the file can automatically start. You can have, you're leaving yourself just up to a whole range of issues that could potentially harm your computer. Interesting. So it doesn't matter, even if you have the virus protection and all that stuff, it doesn't work with these browsers. These browsers are designed. So then who... But who's kind of in charge? Like, who has the upper hand in this? Like, who's in charge of it? And is is because so you're are you kind of people stealing each other's stuff, or is there somebody that has like an advantage in this game? Well, uh, most of like the the dark web, from my understanding of it, is more of like using the marketplace sort of way, where um kind of scammers will get will get together um to and people who are trying to deal drugs and that sort of thing um. We get together online to to actually like sell this. Um, you can buy software to hack into people's stuff. You can you can actually buy that software itself. Um, mm. You can uh, you can you can obviously get all of your illegal drugs and that sort of deal on the on on the dark web. But a lot of people are going to go into the dark web using an emulated version of Windows. I don't know if you're too familiar with that, but essentially, it allows you to um, you have your computer when you turn it on everything that is that is your computer. And then you can run some sort of emulating software that can enable a, essentially a copy of windows on your computer in its own desktop version. So you allocate resources to it as you would a regular computer. And then it is a completely isolated version of windows. So if you have a fresh copy of windows on your computer, um, that you can emulate, then it allows you to, to, like have this sort of space without anybody being able to access any of your actual information that is important to you because you don't have any of your files on there. You don't have anything on there. Obviously it's just windows and the dark web and the deep web browser. Oh, okay. Did you, did you explore for research? Did you go on the dark web at all? I you haven't go done it too much personally. When I was younger, I did. Um, but uh just just to really? just to poke around it and look at it yeah because there was um 
there was just some there was some topics that I was interested in. Um, I remember when the uh, whole Silk Road thing was happening. I yeah. I wanted to look into uh, I wanted to look into like what what else is on there. Um, and just just kind of do the research myself. This was before I was trying to make videos or anything about it. This was a while ago. Um, but I, I did take a look at at some of it, and it wasn't. It definitely is not the same as it is now. And what you need to access it. Um, you could you could download a. Uh, a browser a lot easier um and be and kind of be more certain of your safety doing so because it just was not as it didn't have as many eyes on it especially after the silk road this was something that was law enforcement so kind silk of looked road is, a, is a thing that was like a drug and it was a black market mm-hmm. internet they sold drugs and uh yeah. supposedly like assassin services, like um, services yeah yeah right? And this yeah, is not what the guy got busted, and that's why it got taken down because he tried to hire somebody to kill somebody, right? Yeah, it, it, it was a it was a hit. It was like a scheme to try to to try to bust him, and so from the start, it was it was it was not an assassin in any way, shape, or form. Um, but it was somebody posing as like offering those services. Um, contacted the the owner of the website because they were trying to figure out ways to pin him, and um, they they ended up being able to uh, essentially get him to. He wanted to get rid of some people on his website that uh, were scamming individuals um, and himself out of money through selling drugs. He was upset with them and he was like, I don't want to deal with this. The person um, was also blackmailing the owner of the website himself um, because he had some of his information and was threatening to leak it. And so he was like, OK, I'm going to hire this dude. And then that is what they ended up busting him for um, the way that they actually busted him. Uh, because they still needed to confirm that this person they're speaking to online that is trying to um, that is trying to get this this uh, kill for hire service is actually this person in real life. It's very hard to like, in a legal sense, pin that person without direct um, without like some sort of direct witness to it. And so they um, they actually staked out a I believe it was a coffee shop um, and waited till he was. Uh, he accessed his computer and then went to the bathroom. And then when they, when he did, they went over on his computer and was able to make the connection between um, the real life individual and the person his online persona that was sending the messages. Busted. Yeah. But so yeah, all these videos I watched about the dark web, everyone says, don't go there. It's like always mm-hmm. like, I wish I never went there. I don't know if it's like how much of this is urban legend or how much of this is true. I mean, like, do you believe in the the red rooms? Is that a real thing where people are murdered and tortured, and and you can go on this dark web and and see this happen? Um, I do think the red rooms are real. Um, there is definitely a marketplace for it. Um, that like, I, I definitely believe that there are people that are willing to pay to see that, and I think there are. Um, it's kind of like, uh, in my idea of it, it's kind of something that's. It's one of the honestly, like uh, when you come to the dark web and you think of these marketplaces, it's one of the ones that make more sense than some than some other absurd ones out there. Obviously, um, when people tell you not to go on the dark web and stuff themselves, when you're watching a video, a lot of that is for their own protection. Um, I believe uh, it's like they cannot be advertising this um, on YouTube and that sort of stuff. It could get them demonetized. It can there's a whole range of issues. Um, it can get them pushed down with views. And so you can't really be advertising like, hey, here's the dark web. Go check it out. Have fun for yourself. Um, they have to like put it in a way that's like, don't go here. It's bad. Like you're going to get yourself in trouble. Don't do it. Um, which which is solid advice. Keep in mind. Yes, but, I would uh, like to 
say that advice too, so yeah. I don't get demonetized. Not that I get monetized, but yeah, if yeah, I ever yeah. do, I don't definitely. Do. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Every video I've said, I've, I've uh, listened to, the people warn you, don't go. I mean, it sounds yeah. Hor- it's yeah. fascinating to me that this exists. That, yeah. that this is a real thing because people just don't talk about it. You don't mm-hmm. hear. And there's all this crazy stuff like animal torture and directions on how to summon a demon, a cannibal. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Uh, there's videos of people's last words, video and, oh, yeah. and audio of people dying and the last thing they say. I mean, just some bizarre, bizarre things. Mm-hmm. It's out there. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go look at that stuff, but it's there. It, there it does exist. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, um, pertaining to whether it being real or not, a lot of the stuff um, that's sort of like gory content um, that is super absurd, like um, witnessing somebody's last words or... Um, the, these these very like uh dark things that people will pay money to see a lot of them are fake um i do want to say that a lot of them are staged events because it's simply easier to stage an event like that and um, make money off of it than it is to do the real thing and it obviously comes with less consequences so while, while these marketplaces and such do exist and there is that real side of it a vast majority of the content that is claiming to be one thing is a lot of the time fake um, just because it's easier for the people to make money off of it. No, oh, that makes sense. So, have you heard of? Uh, is it Mariana's web? That's supposedly mm-hmm. the darkest mm-hmm. web. If you, what, mm-hmm. Now, what is this? You need like to have to be able to code and hack to even get there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Mariana's web. Uh, it's from my understanding of it currently, it, it it is it is theoretical. It's not something that is proven to actually exist. And I, I could be incorrect on that. Um, I kind of want to almost fact check that. But um, in, in, uh, in, in what I've heard about it, it, it it's um, deep web. Let me go ahead and just check this out. Uh, the myth of Mariana's web, the darkest corner of the internet. Yeah, so it's not something that is actually um, 100% like a proven fact that it exists. But it, it is said to be like the darkest part of the dark web um, where there's just an insane amount of secrets about the world and about all these sort of like really weird pieces that are out there um that are said to be in the mariana's web but um we don't really know if it's real or not we just huh. it's it's kind of just something it's it's more of like an urban legend type thing okay from my understanding so then yeah it's, what's interesting to me too is that like how do you police this stuff because i mean <laughs> We're both, we're on the same team here. We're agreeing, telling people not to go. And this Mm -hmm. is a bad thing. Um, But I mean, I I feel like a lot of these people that are into this kind of stuff are really smart with hacking and computers. And I'm terrible at that stuff. But I feel like the government and the the police, are they, uh, are they staying a step ahead? Because it sounds like they can't access a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is very hard to stay ahead of the bad guys um, when it comes to this sort of stuff. And, um, Law enforcement in the past has had a very hard time um, kind of keeping up with with the criminals on the Internet, whether it's cybersecurity breaches that um, cost companies millions and um, and that sort of thing, or whether it's just something that's on the dark web. It's very hard to police it just because there's more money in in the in these dark marketplaces um, to be made than is going into policing these sort of same things. It's, right. Like if I'm a really good hacker, coder, crypto, per, whatever, whatever you want to call it, if I'm really good at computers, like the, 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 probably the money is in being a bad guy, like you said, or maybe working for a private company, exactly. probably yeah. not right. to work for the police and the mm-hmm. government. I mean, I mean, 
Yeah. And, and that's sort of a big issue, not only in policing this sort of stuff, but also in, in teaching this sort of stuff, because it, it, the people who are the best in, in cybersecurity and computer science are not going to become teachers of it to other people they're they're going to go off and work for a private company most likely if they want to do it the legal way um which a vast majority of people do um and and they're probably not going to end up on a law enforcement side unless they have a very strong belief in policing this sort of activity And, and so it is very hard to keep up with it and a lot of it is at the point where it's kind of unpoliceable but when you have these sort of marketplaces that get so big like the silk road where um it's it's hard for the law enforcement not to have some like not not to be aware of it um that's kind of when they get involved but a lot of the parts of the dark web and and of the the deep web are ever changing you have um these illegal websites and illegal people that um it's set up in in their websites code directly to change every couple weeks and then that the people who are inside the community who are deep inside of it know the new website to go on they know the how to access the the new sort of stuff and um the bad uh, the, the good the good guys don't that's kind of just the reality of it so it is something that is extremely hard to police and i think that as technology as technology advances even further it's going to become harder it's just the reality of it do you think that there is hopefully there is some sort of team that dedicated to this that's that's you know going into these sites to try yes. to hack yes. it or to try to talk to the people to try mm-hmm. to get them to meet up so that they can Yes. There yeah, is yeah, some- yeah, yeah. No, there, there are there are teams um like in in law enforcement that that deal with specifically deep web, dark web um circumstances. There are there are teams that are assigned to it. Yeah, because I feel like with the whole um I don't want to say the the word, but the the pandemic that that whole <laughs> thing like is I, I think we get demonetized if we even say that that yeah, word. But yeah, a lot when of that whole thing right. happened, like we got caught with our pants down, right? Like people mm-hmm. were not ready for this. Uh, I mean, nobody was expecting it. And I feel like we're on the verge of a big sort of cyber hack from either from another country or maybe just some, you know, some guy in his mom's basement that could do all sorts of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. what you did the one video about the uh, the crypto hack that was mm-hmm. the it was uh, 25,000 bitcoins, which I think equals out to eight. Is it eight billion? Well, it was it was um, 800,000 bitcoins um, in, in total that like was initially stolen. Um, they recovered. Yeah, okay. They recovered two hundred thousand of it um, over time, so there's a little bit under six hundred thousand that um, are still missing from from the event. Um, but yeah, that work because the the they the, see. I never. I don't understand Bitcoin at all. I'll mm-hmm. be honest. Like, there's no serial number or anything. Like, could so, they ever find it? So the thing is, it, it is traceable. It, you you can it go is. through it and yeah. you can trace down um, who actually has the Bitcoin because that's kind of the nature of of blockchains that you will be able to track down um what wallet actually has um this bitcoin out if you do the research for it however the person that is connected to that wallet is where it gets tricky and and enforcing that person to actually give back those funds is where it's even trickier because the the issue when it comes to this sort of stuff is and and bitcoin and blockchain is that while it is traceable it is um it is not controlled in the sense that say there's a faulty transaction and can be reverted. So that's the part where, where it's unregulated. You can't have somebody um, give back the money. You can't enforce it as you would. A bank can see a faulty transaction and say, we can revert that in a second. Hmm. So what can you, can you, how do you, how do you police that then? I mean, that's like, it seems like another nightmare to try. It to, is to another to- nightmare. 
um, there, uh, you kind of have to have to connect it to, uh, to the real life entities behind it and figure out, uh, who did the hack? Um, you, after you track down, after you do all the research and tracking down where these lost bitcoins are, the um, people who didn't do a good of a job of hiding their identity connected with it um, are going to be the first ones to be targeted and have law enforcement go after them to try to get these funds back. And then um, there's um, obviously even in the video I talked about a person named Alexander Vinick uh, who was connected with a lot of um issues in in bitcoin even had his own exchange that was uh laundering money of from the hack through his own bitcoin exchange um and he was caught for doing that and um they're in the midst of trying to recover some of it right now but um it's kind of like independent um independent law firms and and researchers tracking down um where a lot of the funds are and then reaching out to the people who are involved and saying hey um we'll we'll help you get it back in a legal sense and um give us a cut of it it's kind of how a lot of that sort of sort of ends up uh it's it is something that is extremely extremely hard to to do obviously this is hacks that go back to 2012 2013 and they're just now making the first payment back to some people of a fraction of the bitcoins that they actually lost um so yeah and that's crazy and the price meanwhile the price of bitcoin as you said in the video like skyrocketed Mm -hmm. yeah so they didn't they didn't get as many bitcoins but the ones they got back are worth a ton now because of the the price of that and and while that is nice for for those people um because they basically like had bitcoin from 2013 to 2021 not being able to sell it but being able to get the benefits of it in 2021 the 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 also the the side of that is that there are definitely people who are in that group that had all those bitcoins and were thinking okay I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold on to this um and I had no intention of selling it and could have even had a much higher um, return on their investment but um yeah it, it is fortunate that they did get back a multiple of them of the actual money that they lost um yeah converted so I mean because our country has to be at risk of a cyber attack from china or russia Mm -hmm. or another country or like i said somebody i mean that has to be i think we're going to get caught with our pants down right i mean is there any sort of uh i mean what can we do is it is it worth getting those uh i don't know i always say the commercials for the like cyber protection is it worth getting is that gonna is that can that even fix it um some of it some of it can it's definitely gonna help you i think that a lot of um a lot of cybersecurity hacks um, and, and companies, the, the way that they, they go around protecting themselves is just being a step above um, the person who is doing less protection than them. So say me and you are both um, heads of large companies and like we, we, are, we are the two biggest players in, in some space and every company is on a, in a sense hackable in some way. It can be done, uh, but you spend... 50 million a year on your cybersecurity defense protocols where I do, I don't really care about it. It's not something that I think about. The hackers are going to target me it's just because they, they, right. they see me as the weaker person to target. It's going to be less work. And if we're the same size company, they can get more about it. So companies are breaching out their defenses, knowing that this is not going to protect them from a hack. If somebody really wanted to hack them, it can be done regardless. The, the hackers are always harder. ahead. It'll yeah, be, it's kind of like a, like a police officer. One time my, my house got broken into and a cop told me the best advice he gave me was just uh, get a uh, alarm. Even if you don't have an alarm, just get the stickers or the signs. Mm-hmm. 
he's like, if you're, if they're a, a, a thief and they see those signs, they're going to go like mm, next yeah. house. Cause it's just, it's one less house, you know, exactly. less hassle to go somewhere that doesn't have an alarm. Even if you don't even have one, they're not going to mess with it. So exactly. that's exactly the same theory. So it mm-hmm. makes sense. And, and there are issues recently that it have happened with, with, um, with, with big hacks that like have life threatening, um, outcomes as in there was, there was a water plant i can't remember exactly um where it was but there was a water plant that was hacked into um remotely and, and people were able to gain access to the water treatment plant and um increase the levels of um certain chemicals that were going into it by extremely large margins to make that um, water supply toxic and this was something that was done just due because the local water plants um cyber defenses were non-existent they didn't even have a password for their stuff and so you're seeing you're starting to see these 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 things that are happening um and obviously the more local you go the less defense they're going to have against these sort of things um but they can still have extreme ramifications so i do think we're on the edge of some big event in the cyberspace that is that is most likely going to happen um it's just a question of when Right. It's just like the, the pandemic thing. Like it was a, and I think people said that, I mean, there was podcasts and you know people talking about it, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't the major story at the time. And, yeah. and now it, it's always after it people happens. don't care about stuff until it actually happens. And until, right. until it gets well, I remember, way. yeah, I remember like, I, I think it was like, right. You know, around 2018, 19 people complain about stuff. And I was like, guys, do you realize like life's pretty good right now? Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of good things. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's like, that's what I just try to be. Uh, and right now it's probably could, you know, could always get worse too. Like, yeah. Now where do you think, cause we got the crypto and then now NFTs are a big thing that I am hearing about. And then the metaverse, where's all this technology headed and is this going to make things better or worse for society? Um, I think it is something that's really hard to say at this point. Um, we're, we're start, we're such in the early stages of it um, that these are kind of, a lot of this technology is makes for really interesting headlines, but when it comes to actually being something that's life altering, I don't think we're really at that point yet with a lot of this sort of stuff. Um, I think that they're kind of setting up the initial frameworks of how this stuff could be implemented in a way that will actually be um, useful. Uh, well, when people talk to me about NFTs and stuff and that they ask me questions about it, I, I think that as of now, um, the use case for it, isn't really there yet um it's a p- cool piece of technology that has possibilities of being used in certain ways um the one i always go to is in is in games and in places like the metaverse where um you can have these items that are, have value to them um something like nft can be something like nfts can be assigned to somebody um for marketplaces online um where somebody wants to stand out because it helps them um in that game in that online space but I don't think we're quite at the point where it's actually going to be something um, that, is, that is changing on a dramatic scale yet, just because it, it's not going to affect most people. Um, give it time. I think that it could, but um, I don't think we're really there yet. So do you think it's a good uh, investment to, to invest in crypto and NFTs and the metaverse and all that? Because my friends are trying to sell me on it every day. They're telling yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I am not uh, personally a huge fan of NFT specifically, just because I think, like I was saying, the use case I don't think is there for them yet. Um, cryptocurrency is a different situation because there is um, there is a use case for it, and there is a I think that there is a very large need for a lot of um, a lot of people who want an unregulated currency. Um, the question behind it is: Will governments um, 
target it. And right. because it is that that sort of thing where like China is when they're banning the, these cryptocurrencies, like because they don't want to lose that control of it. Um, can the government stay ahead of the cryptocurrency or can will it not? How and how could they if they wanted to ban it, could they even do that? How do they ban it? Um, well, it, it, China has a very controlled Internet space um, sure, where sure. they've been doing it since the start of it. So somewhere like that can very easily make it so that you can't access any website that has to do with trading um, cryptocurrency. And sure, there's going to be some individuals that do it under the radar, um, but they're in a much, much smaller group. And the punishments for them are so extreme that it's something that is if if. If a place like China wants to ban something online, they won't have too much of an issue doing it. No, that's crazy. And like I, I saw that in the one video you did, the uh, of the dark side of Google Earth. That mm-hmm. was really fascinating because explain this to to my listeners how China they they recalibrate the the yeah. so that they're not in the right places in mm-hmm. real life that you're seeing on the map. How the hell do they even do that? Um, it, it, they essentially just applied like an algorithm. Um to two places in real life where um if you're viewing china um on google earth everything that you're seeing will be displaced um by up to a thousand meters in any given direction and any sort of thing because um they don't essentially want people to be able to look at their entire country and plan out some something or like get more information about it so there could be a a marker that's telling you that this is a monument um of some sort where when you're looking at it you can clearly see the monument is thousands of feet away in a different direction um it's going to tell you that it's in a certain spot it's same thing with streets same thing with like any place there and um it's essentially just for control they just um want to retain some more control in that sense um and it's a way to do it so they just use a different protocol when um when viewing them and they only give that information to Google um, about their actual places in that way so that Google doesn't really have any other option. And if they want to exist in China, um, then they have to comply. Okay. So, and then didn't our government do something similar? Because I thought before they would say area 51, Oh, it didn't exist. It wasn't real. But then when the Google earth thing came out, it was kind of like they had to acknowledge there was something there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I think for a while, didn't they blur out, Area 51 or, or some of these bases, didn't they blur the images? Or yeah. No? Um, so it, it's actually interesting how, um, how a lot of the satellite stuff initially um, kind of sprung up and existed. And I actually have a video that covers a little bit of this history um, coming out soon. But uh, the initially when the, when the satellite imagery was first kind of like the technology first existed for it, for U.S. government to access it, um, it was only locked down to them. And this was something that the public could not view. They had access to this sort of stuff. Um, but um eventually it was it was released and it's called the 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 big blue switch. Um, I believe it's the big blue switch. Um something along those lines where um it was so the U- bought the technology or they were allowed to use it or so whatever. It was actually the government that um that it was in, let's see. Yeah, it was in uh, May of 2000 that the US government just discontinued the um, selective, uh, the use of selective availability um, on on a lot of these satellite programs that allowed the public to actually view them um, and, and get access to it. And so you saw a birth of things like Google Earth, um, 
geocaching, being able to have um, these like views of, of the world from a satellite um, available to the public. And so the, the, the U.S. Um, government did regulate a lot of it um, in the earlier days of it. And these programs and the, these, this technology was initially built for them to use. Um, but over time, it has been become more and more available to public. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds, I mean, there's really not a lot of secrets then with this stuff because it's, you can, you could literally go anywhere on the earth, at least from a aerial perspective and, and see everything, right? Yeah. Or is it is some of this stuff, is there more stuff fake than the, what we know? Um, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the question. Um, and like, like I kind of covered in the, on the Google earth video is that a lot of regions, um, where there is something to hide are going to be blurred out in some sort of way. Um, and obviously you have places like China that are displacing um, their their coordinates so that you can't figure out exactly what is where. Um, and you kind of kind of think, look, what's the reasoning behind that? Um, what's the reasoning behind these areas that are just completely blacked out on Google Earth? What's there? And um, the only way to really find out is to go there directly. And most people can't do that. There's a lot. To, I think that the the cool part about Google Earth is that it, it's so vastly absurd in um in size across the world and across everything that there are pieces. And, and if you zoom in close enough, there are things that nobody has really seen before. It it's like allows you to just explore the entire world, um, albeit in a sometimes modified version, um, but right from your home, which is crazy to think about that that exists. Yeah. There was crazy stuff like crash boats and planes and cars mm -hmm. that, that people could see. Like, what was the one that the, those Wilson brothers you mentioned? They they saw this plane and they tried oh, yeah. to reach it was too hard. They're trying to get the funds to do it. To and, do it again. Uh, yeah, go on another trip. See what's right. in that plane? Yeah, and and um, yeah, that one is that one is super interesting, and it's in such the far reaches of um of Cambodia, I believe that it, it's it's too hard to to reach um like in person for almost anybody it's it's in a very like uh it's in a very like weird place and and to actually get there like there's no obviously no roads no infrastructure and so they they tried to make it out there um failed almost lost their lives doing it and then said hey guys we're gonna do this again um give us some money and we'll try to make it happen um because it's something that they really believe in that this exists and it could be the remnants of something. Um, obviously, the more uh, the the bigger uh, <laughs> the more accepted theory behind it is that it's simply a plane that was flying over. Um, and so it'd be it would be crazy to get there and then realize there's absolutely nothing there. But it's also <laughs> even more crazy to imagine what could possibly be there if if the plane does exist. Well, so it would just be. Do they do they think it was one of the the famous missing planes though or yeah yeah that, that, yeah. that, that, that was their belief was that it was the remnants of um of one of the missing flights okay the malaysian one i think malaysian it was, flight right? 370 i believe yeah, yeah. But then they said i thought you said in the video that it was not the same size yeah it wasn't like it, if, if you're going off the assumption that that was the actual missing missing plane um was that the 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 type of plane that it was didn't actually match up with the outline shape that we saw on Google Earth. Okay. Um, that, that it just it 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 didn't it didn't match the shape that like this is a this is a very common plane and the plane that was part of the missing flight just doesn't quite align correctly. And so then but the it's guys, clearly a plane, right? It clearly I mean, is pretty, a plane. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's somebody's missing plane. We just don't know which one exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fascinating to see. Now they don't go over the, um, you didn't talk about the Bermuda triangle triangle at all. Is there anything we can see from Google earth about that? Cause that's such a fascinating topic. Yeah, um, I actually, I, um, I've worked with a couple other channels and that was one of the ways that I was able to initially grow on my channel was that I, uh, a couple people reached out to me from larger channels when I was first starting out. Um, and, and said like, after I posted my first video, um, somebody commented on it from a channel called disrupt. And, um, yeah. he said like, Hey, I really like your stuff. Um, is there an email I can contact you at? And so we ended up working on some videos and I actually made a video about the Bermuda triangle, um, for his channel. Um, it, we kind of just dove into a lot of the, uh, a lot of like the reasoning behind how it got its, um, eerie idea and whether or not, uh, all these missing ships and planes in it are results of um something that's scientific um whether like uh, there's like a real phenomenon with um with compasses in that area where like it, it can throw people off um and then comparing those results to a much wider scale and seeing are there actually more crashes here than there are on a in a given area of a different place and there are slightly more um some of the times but uh it's something that has been it's it's kind of been less popular recently to to as a urban legend that like this actually has some sort of reasoning behind it that's non-scientific uh but over the bermuda triangle on google earth you're really just gonna see the sea right you know what we need is a is a google sea we need something that can go and cover all the the ground floor of the ocean yeah that that, that would be that sort of stuff it would be the most interesting thing ever because there is so so much that we don't know about the ocean right now we're still making yeah. new and new, new discoveries about deeper parts of the ocean and um creatures that live down there and new species of animals that live down there like every single day and there's so much still undiscovered i kind of think it's the last um the last thing that we frontier. haven't fully yeah last frontier that is still on our planet um yeah, yeah fascinating stuff well this has been great we could talk for hours and hours yeah, but i should probably cool. let you go and get back to making more <laughs> awesome videos thank you i appreciate you doing this um i always like to end i don't know if i told you i like to end each yeah. episode with a charity is there is there a cause or just something that if people can do besides donating to your channel and, and, doing your, <laughs> and helping your sponsors is there something else that, where they can throw some money is yeah um dear to your heart funny funny enough that we were just actually talking about oceans um if you do have anything to, to spare for um the ocean conservancy um it's a it's a great great charity and um being able to maintain uh what we currently have in the ocean i think can teach us a lot about um our earth and about the future and it's something that we are not taking great care of right now um and i think that uh there's there's definitely more to, to be seen about that and if you do have um and need to spare something then uh ocean conservancy is a great charity Ocean Conservancy. Okay, I'll put that in the notes along with your YouTube channel. People should check it out. Uh, you got some great videos, and definitely, I'm subscribed. I can't wait for the next one. Thank uh, you, thank you. Fascinating stuff. So, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it, Cooper. Yeah, of course. Thank All right, you. talk to you later. Thank you to Cooper for coming on my show. Make sure to subscribe to his channel, Chill Fuel, for some great videos. The link will be in the comments below or the show notes. He's only got 11 videos at this time, but there will definitely be more coming. Uh, and if you enjoyed this interview, make sure to check out some of my other interviews. If you're watching on YouTube, a playlist will pop up in a minute with similar inter interviews that I've had on my channel. 
and make sure to subscribe to my show so that you'll keep up with future episodes. One last warning to make sure you don't explore the dark web or the dark YouTube or try to go on any of these websites that we've mentioned in this interview. It is not safe and terrible things can happen. So again, you've been warned. Otherwise, have a great rest of your day and remember to shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon.